As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Use the stones to destroy the stones. It nearly killed me. Stunt coming. Rodgers can't find anyone and down he goes and the ball came loose. Work is done. It always will be. I am inevitable. Michael Parsons, now he's down there. Got to expect he's going to try to pressure. On the fake, Rodgers throws Lazard! Open field! Alan Lazard in a foot race inside the 20! I am inevitable. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. It was just as exciting a game as we had predicted, but it wasn't the score that we necessarily had predicted. Cowboys losing to the Packers. 31-28, the final score from Lambeau. Mike McCarthy coming in extra motivated to this one. We knew he was coming home, but to have Gallagher pass away days before, McCarthy coming in with the weight of a thousand sons for this one. And uh, I imagine that'll be a lot of the conversation, but this is going to be a good one. So welcome in to this post-game edition of About Them Cowboys. We're live here on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed to our channel if you want the video side of things. I'm Kent, here running things, and we're joined by Father John, who's uh, in the land of the cheese right now uh, via the magic of 5G internet. And then we've also got Kevin K.T. Turner hosting and Sod's here as well in the athletic. Hey, KT. Hello, and uh, let's go uh, right to John live at Lambeau Field. Very disappointing uh, loss right there, especially when you had him 28 14 in the second half. The Amari Rogers muffed punt or fumble on the punt just kind of looked like it was church from there. And then the Cowboys found a way to let him back in there. How was the, uh, the locker room, Jerry McCarthy? How was all of that after the game? Um, all of the above, about as frustrated as I can remember any of them being. That was the most frustrated I've seen Mike McCarthy right after a game. And I don't go to every single post game, Mike McCarthy, because a lot of times Jerry Jones is talking at the same time. But, uh, I mean, he he was very frustrated, clearly, with the penalties. You know, uh, the, the ones in overtime, the the one that really seemed to bother everyone, even though they over, overcame it, was the Jalen Tolbert um, 
because it's generally one of those things where you look at the official, the official tells you if you're on the line or off the line. Um, Dak said that Jalen Tolbert told him that even the official told him to step up a little bit. So it, there was a lot of, you know, issues there and, and I get all of that and that's fine, but it never should have gotten to that point. Like, like this isn't green Bay 2016 green Bay 20. This is a bad green Bay team. And when you get a chance to go not only 28, 14 going into the fourth, but you are on a 21 0 run. Like you have all the momentum. There's there's no reason that you should give this up. And to be honest, like I'm interested to hear what you have to say, KT. But I watched the Packers a decent amount. Like Christian Watson hasn't looked like this against anybody. And for him to sit there and explode into this huge game that he had there against a defense that prides itself and 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 says that it's the best defense in in the NFL. Well, it certainly didn't look like it there, especially in the fourth quarter. But uh, but no, the most interesting person after the game was clearly Micah Parsons. Uh, very frustrated with their run defense, talking about how they have to put this fire out. And uh, some of the things he was saying sounded like the issues we heard with the run defense a couple years ago under Mike Nolan. Guys, you know, not doing their assignment, you know, you know, are out of place, things like that, and not playing as much as a unit. And that's that's a that's obviously an issue. They go for over 200 yards rushing. Uh, and Green Bay has good running backs. Don't get me wrong, but it's, this is something that isn't going away. And if they can't be better against the run, they're going to have forget the Green Bay Packers. They're going to have a trouble against any of the teams that would make the playoffs. So, um, very very frustrated group, as you can expect. This is a game that they no question should have won, and they believe they should have won. Yeah, and also like statistically, they historically should have won. They were one ninety five and zero. Uh, I believe uh, when leading in the fourth quarter by two touchdowns. So, um, you know, when you, when you have that kind of track record, uh, you you definitely expect to win that sort of game. What McCarthy said after the game too, very seemed like he was very angry about the run defense as he should have been. Uh, But he said, teams are going to run at us. So you're going to get some Dalvin cook and, and, and Madison, you know, thrown at you next week. And he's right, and they they clearly know that is the weak link of this team. I do get a little okay. So I, the the offensive questions are still there as well. Right. Michael Gallup's clearly still not right, and right. I don't know if we expected him to magically just be right by Thanksgiving or whatever date. But there's still some issues there offensively. Um, the penalties kind of got you there at the end. Let's go just for the sake of uh, being juicy in our post game uh, press conference. Let's go overtime there. Your thoughts on fourth and four going for it versus field goal. I'd like to hear your opinion and I can share mine afterwards. Yeah, this isn't a great place really to be kicking field goals, uh, 50 yard yeah. plus field goals, uh, not a great uh, surface. And it's, I mean, it's not the frozen tundra. Like there's obviously way colder games here in green Bay, but it, it's, it's, it's a pretty cold game. You know, I was able to watch uh, the last minute or so of the fourth quarter and then all of overtime down by the field. And yeah, I mean, it's certainly cold down there. I don't really, I don't really hate that. And then also the fact that it's not like the field goal would have won the game, you know, you, the Packers still get the chance to get the ball. And so, I don't know, just the way that Mike McCarthy has been the entire time he's been the Cowboys head coach, he's, he's been aggressive in those situations. So that didn't surprise me. And, and they should have converted on those, you know, questionable holding call, uh, not, not a pass interference on, on the, uh, on the, the throw to CD lamb. I mean, there's just, there's some issues there that, that happened late in that game that 
you know, we can sit there and say, Hey, it's the penalties, you know, poking their head up again with this Cowboys team. Cause if it's not the run defense, the number two biggest issue that this team's had over the last, not just this year, but in the past has been the penalties. And they kind of, when you look at their penalties in the games when they win, it's way different than from in the games that they lose. And so when those started happening in overtime, you just had the feeling that this is probably not a good sign for the Cowboys against any team, much less the Cowboys against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, and and you know, just to piggyback on that, like I thought it was I thought it was a good good decision to go for it on fourth and four. I think I think the only thing that I would have changed a little bit, if I'm being a little picky, is probably my play call on third down. I may have tried to run it uh, on third down. If you're if you're going to go for it on fourth down, you know it's four down territory. Um, and I know they had like you know potential pass interference uh, on CD Lamb on that play, and I get that. But 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 if if you're boiling it down to KT to just that fourth and four, same reasons that John outlined. You know, if this was a field goal that could have won the game, if it was a walk off situation, um, I think I would have leaned towards going. Just go for it, put your marbles out there. But this was, you know, I tweeted this right after. This was very similar to, in my opinion, 2015. You kick that field goal, Aaron Rodgers come back. Right. Like he's at least getting a field goal, if not a touchdown. Like he's at least getting a field goal when he comes back, though. So for me, like I don't really have a problem going for it um, and getting a better percentage play out of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think if you notice, like Maher usually bombs it out of the end zone. And when, you know, Maher wasn't getting it to the end zone a ton. So it didn't feel like the ball was flying. So you kind of in no man's land right there. Pooch punt, probably out of it. I, It's, it's strange, but maybe I'm too close because I've seen every single Packers game this year. I didn't, there wasn't like a ton of belief in me that the Packers were just going to take it down the field, but they had. Weirdly had success in the second half. To me, I find this loss to be more incriminating on the Cowboys than anything else. Absolutely, one hundred percent. This is not a good. This is not a good Packers team. And, and if they sneak into the playoffs, I don't think anyone will be surprised. Just because they always make the uh, the playoffs. You know, you watch that Jalen Tolbert. Whatever happened with the ref? Whatever he was offsides. Like, yeah, he legitimately was. And my question is, why in the hell is he in the game that late in the game? What purpose? Does Jalen Tolbert serve on this roster right now? Be I, I, I just why is he even in the game? The, the other thing I would say, I the pass interference would appear like, yeah, Jerry Alexander was all over Ceedee Lamb. Probably should have been called the holding call, dude. That was a hold. Like I don't know, the yeah. arms are around the guy. I don't. I hate when stuff is called. I hate when flags are called. But when the arms are around the guy and you tackle a guy next to the running back, like right near the play. The refs are going to call it. You just can't do that. So, you know, Connor McGovern should have gotten called for that hold. There's no, you know, nothing going on there. The, the pass interference, though, Alexander was all over CeeDee Lamb. But but it's a bang-bang play. Like, that happens. Like, yeah, how many times do you see that happen? Does. Like, I, I'm not I'm not excusing it. Like, should have been a call. But this is this one of those things where I do feel like that's a bang-bang play that, like, sometimes it's called, sometimes it isn't. And it's a play that it should never have come down to because this game should have been ended in the fourth quarter. You know, it should never, yeah. when you go to overtime, you, you know, they won the toss and I guarantee that they felt very confident that they were going to go down and score and win the game, but they didn't, but they also should have never have been in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's where it gets, we've got to, we've got to, I mean, the, the big overarching thing is the run defense, right? I mean, I think that's oh, yeah. the number one thing. This is the first yeah. time, at least this year where you've seen, 
Micah Parsons basically be ineffective. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can, you know, he's playing chase all day. He's kind of chasing guys. Yeah. And the Packers definitely moving their running backs around based on where he was and trying to take it the other way. But it's not just the, you know, we talked a lot about, okay, we're going to uh, trade for Hankins. All right, let's get a little bigger on the inside. It ain't that. It's it's everything. It's a lot of perimeter runs and things like that. And that's where I kind my, of. My other thing, issues. too, is about that. Yeah, the thing about Micah, though, is, yeah, I, I get that. You know, guys are doing stuff to double team him, chip him. Do I mean, the tape is out on him. So there's going to be a lot of things that people do to take him away. But nobody talks about you being the best defense in the NFL because you have one elite defensive player. Like other guys have to step up. And, yeah. and, and I know people get sick of hearing, oh, Jerry said this after the game or Jerry said that. But Jerry brought the same stuff after this game that I heard him say after the San Francisco loss. And there's a lot of truth to it. With how healthy this team is, you expect him because – it was interesting the way, when Jerry answered about this. It was when he was taught. Well, he was specifically asked about a re, um, how do you think after seeing this game, or, or after seeing this game, does it make Odell Beckham even more attractive to you? And Jerry went right into no. There was the guys on the field to win this game. We were. I mean, we're pretty healthy going to this. I mean, they're. You know, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence was making plays. Sam Williams. You know, uh, I understand Anthony Brown went out of the game, but I mean, their safeties are there. Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs is out there. I mean, again, this isn't the Cowboys defense of, of two years ago. This is, this is being talked about as one of the best defenses in the league because there's an array of guys that can do stuff. And then it's not just Micah. And then it puts him over the top because Micah has to get so much attention with that being said, I don't think that Micah had a great game or anything. Don't, don't get me wrong on that, but other players have to still step up. I agree hundred percent. It's also wild when you look at it, like one team in the first half, was literally trying not to throw the football. Green Bay did not want to throw. And how often um, have you seen it, that with Green Bay, KT? It's very rare. Outside it's of very this year, rare. we'll say, you know. Yeah, and you saw it in a couple instances this year, but it's uh, they they it was a clear game plan of we're going to have to run it. And honestly, the Christian Watson that the Packers have had all year has been a guy that doesn't exist because he's been hurt, or it's been the guy who dropped the first two passes that were thrown to him. So the fact that he absolutely went off that, dude, he nearly dropped the third and one touchdown pass. Like if Aaron Rodgers didn't place that perfectly between his shoulder pad and his bicep, he probably drops it. And then he got going, and I, I don't know. I mean, he was he's a fast guy. He's a dangerous weapon. But I sure didn't see that coming. But it, Green Bay was not trying to, to throw it, and Dallas threw it 46 gonna, times. I was just going to say, though, that is funny that you say it because there were a ton of drops late in that. Uh, Buccaneers game last week. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there and you're just like, man, Tom Brady just doesn't have the help. And then they get in overtime and then everyone's catching all of those. I'm not, I'm sorry, not in overtime. They get it. They get the ball back in the, that final minute. And then Brady just guts him and goes down the field and everyone's making their catches then. And, and, and why I bring that up is because it's similar to today. It's that's why against these elite quarterbacks, you don't give them a chance. You know, you throw the knockout punch when you can and you end it. You never take your foot off the gas. I guess I I said the run defense. The other two things are the turnovers. And the turnovers, you know, I'm going off the TV copy here, right? Right. But Greg Olson, I thought, did a pretty good job explaining how both of those were not on Dak. Um, He was talking about the first one, basically. Dak and CeeDee Lamb. It looked like CeeDee Lamb was, you know, tailgating – uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, and then I'm, dude. I'm telling you, as an owner of the Packers, I never heard of Rudy Ford. So, like, 
And uh, granted, I was a Packer fan. I paid near as much attention to them as uh, as I do the Cowboys. <laughs> but I'd never heard of Rudy Ford, and I was like, "Who the hell's this guy?" And then yeah. he got another. And the second one was just thrown to him. But you know, uh, I saw Michael Irvin had a big tweet, and he was like, "That's on my eighty uh, eight right there." He should have flattened it out. So like two two things that looked up appeared to be communication or detailed oriented interceptions in week 10 after the bye week. Ew, that's that ain't good, man. Right. And and what was interesting about all that and I agree with you, the first one to Schultz Dex it after the game that Schultz told him that I think his cleat got stuck or something on, on the route and it kind of slowed him up. And so I, it sounded like Schultz probably wasn't where Dak thought he was going to be. And on the second one, absolutely watching it live, you're just like, what, what are you doing, Dak? Why are you throwing it there? But when you break it down the way Michael Irvin did, it's pretty clear CD was supposed to cut in front of that safety, not behind because of the coverage that the Packers were in. So yeah, it's interesting because you have this like social media where you can get this live, you know, professionals that have been in these situations telling you exactly what's going on because typically you wouldn't know that. And it does look bad, especially when they show you from the, you know, all 22 angles or the end zone angle where you can see, and you're just like, why, why would Dak even throw that ball there? But also in the NFL, the timing is like that, where if you don't throw it in, in, in you know, while you're anticipating it, yeah. then you'll be too, yeah, you'll be too late on it. And so, but it wasn't a great start, but even with that, to sit there and come back after they go down 14-7 after those two turnovers and 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 you're just seeing like Green Bay get back in this game to answer right before halftime to make it 14-14 I was like again I'm watching this as I've watched the Packers a few times this year I watched a decent amount of them last week I'm like you come back on that like that just you're throwing body blows to a team that probably doesn't want to even be fighting that long and I I wonder if the Cowboys felt that way it's not they won't admit to it you know but I just I don't know. I just felt like there was some taking their foot off the gas there. And, and, and over time, yeah, you know, there was obviously some questionable things that happened, but it just, it just should never have gotten there. Yeah. And also like, I think on, on those interceptions, like, first of all, like whether it's Dak's fault or, you know, the receiver, I, I think for me, it goes back to what KT is saying about miscommunication on, on either end. Like, you know, that, that should be polished up by week 10. Like that, this is, and and it's not this isn't a rookie like this isn't a rookie receiver or anything like that this is supposed to be your number one um whether it's cd's fault or dak like i think they both have to take some responsibility for not having that communication like that like this is what we hear about tom brady and i hate to bring it bring up the you know the the goat but like how he is so precise about exactly where he wants his receivers all the time and if they don't follow that they don't get on the field like you have to have that kind of precision when you're playing with your quarterback. And I think, you know, that has to happen with Dak as well. And, and you know, I'm not saying those interceptions were flat out his fault. Like like you said, I thought Greg Olson did a good job of explaining it. But as a team, like, they cannot have those mistakes happen. So not watching it on TV, just seeing it, you know, live. And, and the way the press box is here, we just don't have a great view of the replay angles. Um, it's a three-tier, like, I don't know. It's a very big press box and the TVs are super high. And if you're in the first row, it's hard to see them. So you're going off of the video board in the stadium and they're not going to show replays of everything. They're mainly showing good replays for good Packers plays and things like that. But other than, I mean, there were a couple times of CD. I didn't notice the receivers getting a ton of separation, you know, like Michael Gell, yeah. I didn't notice him getting a ton of separation. You know, my Jaylen main takeaway. And so that last CD touchdown where he kind of broke the dude's ankles, I was like, no one's Jordan getting was- separation in this game. Right. Gallup went down 
when Gallup first went down, I know he came back in the game. But I was like, oh, this is Odell. This is like the omen of Odell right yeah, yeah. here happening in front of our eyes. Like Gallup's going to go down. They're going to lose this game. They're going to bring in Odell. But uh, they started to kind of turn it on at the end. But yeah, they, no, one, no one was getting separation at all. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One other thing that was a talking point after the game uh, with Mike McCarthy and some other uh, players is uh, this, you know, the idea of that now you've lost your third game and you fall even further behind the Eagles in the division. And so I didn't feel like getting into this in our previous podcast, but I just have never felt that they were going to catch the Eagles. Just if you look at the rest of the Eagles schedule, how well the Eagles are playing, they'd have to have a rash of injuries, one of which would have to probably include Jalen Hurts for that team to just to lose two games, much less three. I mean, just look at their schedule. It's not very tough. So Mike McCarthy clearly was like, we're not thinking about that. That's not, we're going to, we're trying to, he said, take care of our own house. And if we do that, well, everything that we want will be right ahead of, ahead of us. And it will be, I mean, there was a part of me, it was funny. I was talking to this guy at a, at a sports bar on Saturday, Milwaukee, who was an Eagles fan. And he was going on about how he thinks that they're going to run the table. And there was part, but, but he was nervous. Cause he's like, yeah, but you also want to lose a game here or there. You don't want to go in the playoffs undefeated. I mean, just, and I would totally agree. Like, I don't think you do want to go in the playoffs undefeated. If you've never really faced any tough adversity, you know, you win every single game and I'm sorry, but if, if that Patriots team isn't going undefeated and winning the Super Bowl, I don't see this Eagles. This Eagles seems nice, but they're also taking advantage of like a weak NFC. So there's a part of me that when I look at that, I'm like, yeah, they lost and they're not going to win the NFC East, but I still think that everything that they are, are capable of accomplishing is still there because they're going to have to win yeah. games like this on the road. And whether whether they can do that as a wild card or as the NFC East champion, 
there was going to be games like this that you're going to have to win anyway. So there is something to be said for learning from this and we'll see how they respond to it. I mean, if they, you know, win their next two and, you know, you move on and maybe, maybe no one's even really talking about this that much. I mean, I know we will, and we'll keep looking back on it, but I don't think this does much to change my thoughts on, on where this team's at and their possibility of, you know, getting the playoffs and making noise. No, I, I don't think it does that for me, but I, I will say one thing that it does do a little bit for me is Green Bay put up 207 rushing yards, and I, I you know, Aaron Jones, like it, that, that's a nice rushing attack. But here's the, here's the remaining slate: you got Dalvin Cook, Cook, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Damian Pierce, Travis Etienne, the Philadelphia Eagles, and Derrick Henry. Like to me, that that is more of a concern than the results. I agree with you on the results that I'm not concerned about this team's ability to make the playoffs. But come January, like it's going to be rush, it's going to be running teams, and you know, if like if Tampa Bay gets in, for example, and you're you're seeing them like Leonard Fournette, whatever. Like I think for me, like the the rushing defense is officially now a problem. Yeah, interesting too. This is a very minor note, I would say, but they. Uh, inactivated Chauncey Golston, and he's a pretty good run player. Um, and then I guess Basham was back, so it's uh, see if you can get a little extra pass rush. But I mean, that's a minor thing, but something to watch who they keep, uh, keep active next week. I mean, t- to me, yeah, next week's game tells you a lot more about the team than today. Of course, this was uh, an incriminating loss. Uh, it is maybe Dak threw the ball 46 times today because Green Bay wasn't putting a lot of pressure on him. And I know we can look back at the fourth and four play, which looking at that on the TV copy too, it, man, to me, I kind of thought CD and Dalton Schultz kind of quit on the route and thought Dak was going down when Dak was, they could have worked back to the ball. It's, we can watch that later in the week and find out for sure. Cause it was on the TV copy, but you know, Tony Pollard, 22 carries 115 yards. Uh, Malik Davis, five carries, 38 yards, averaging 7.6 yards a carry. I thought they could have ran the ball a little bit more, but maybe it's like, hey, we're not getting any pass rush uh, on us right now. We're protecting Dak. Let's sling it and try to get ahead. But I just, I thought they could have ran the ball a little bit more, and I'm generally not that guy. It's very, very much in contrast to what Green Bay wanted to do. Green Bay was scared to throw the ball, not because of – that they were scared of the Cowboys' pass rush, they were scared of their wide receivers and their miscommunications there. Rogers' hand it's was basically falling off, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he, the, that's probably why it's not like they're scared of us. It's like he can't throw it. There's a lot of second and twos and third and twos that were able to probably help neutralize guys like Micah. And I also thought that part you said uh, before the half this. When the when Green Bay scored to make it fourteen to seven, Greg Olson was doing the whole. Did they score too soon? And I was like, dude, this team is just happy to score whenever they can this year. There's yeah. no scoring too soon with them. They don't score much. So to put thirty one up on on a really good defense, again, this is a team who's averaging like seventeen points a game. They're not a good team. So I I don't know what to say. Like the the, the Christian Watson thing. He's the fastest guy on the field whenever he's on the field. And he got Anthony Brown, but it wasn't like it was terrible coverage. It was a perfect throw. Third and one, take a shot. And that was the Packers' offense for a while was, can we throw it to this guy who might drop it? So I I don't know that I'm freaking out on the pass defense stuff. It's clearly one area, and 
Uh, you know, Aaron Donald's not coming in to fix that. So I don't know. Yeah. Stupid, stupid locker room note for me that maybe uh, nobody else will find interesting but me, but I just wanted to share it. So Micah's clearly sitting in his locker, not happy about things. Uh, you know, you can, the frustration is very obvious. And towards the end, a Packers reporter walks up and decides that he's going to ask Micah about Christian Watson. And I'm just like, oh, dude, this is going to be so bad. Like, he is just going to blow him off, and this is going to be whatever. Micah just goes into how, actually, no, I knew a lot about Christian. I picked him up last year in my Madden League and just goes into this whole thing about how he's like, and I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, it it was just such a a good example of how Micah is, where I'm just like, I cannot, there's no way anybody in this group around him thought it was going to go in this direction. Like, he just totally took it and... uh, I was like, okay, well, he's like, no, man, I knew, I knew Christian was good, man, or whatever. I was like, what is going on here? But anyway, sorry. gosh, he's awesome. Yeah, I love Micah. I, I don't know. I mean, McCarthy wanted this. I've never seen McCarthy that mad in all my years of following yeah. Green Bay. When he spiked the no, headphones. The, yeah, for sure. I mean, the way he 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 said, very, very, very frustrated, was like, yeah, I'm not going to do an impression of it. But I was just like, whoa, like, okay. And then I'm, this is post game. I don't know if you're talking about like throwing headset on the sideline and all that stuff too, but. At the very end of his press conference, someone tried to ask him about, you know, it was all about the game. And so, hey, last question, let's try and ask him about whatever. And he had wanted nothing to do with it. You know, basically said that, you know, he had he had he had taken enough humble pie this week. I can't remember how he worded it or, you know, basically there were enough bouquets thrown his way. He was not interested in talking about that at all, because before the game, you know, I mean, I went down by the field and. Right when he came out, I mean, there's a ton of people, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and all these people are there going up and talk to him. And you could tell he was loving it. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes over there. Tons of people from the Packers, you know, staff, equipment guys, things like that. Like he was really enjoying it. And it's very clear that the guys wanted to win this game for him. So there's extra frustration because of that, too. But, no, I agree with you guys that, that that's as frustrated as I've seen him, as angry as I've seen him uh, after a game in his time as the Cowboys head coach. And he said that. He had clicked uh, on the um, on the headset. He had on second down had gotten in Kellen's ear and said, "Hey, be ready to go on fourth down." Yeah, there at the end, which you know, again, where they were on the field, that that, that makes sense. That play is interesting when you watch that play again. And Dak did all he could to keep it alive and even get a get a you know a pass attempt out there. I, I really really kind of want to watch it back in real time and see where it matched up because I really thought. C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz were 10, 15 yards down the field, and I thought they just kind of quit on the play while Dak was still fighting, and can anyone just run towards me? And I, I mean, who knows? And Dak might not have been able to see him, you know, but it's something to, to watch, I guess, later in the week when we can. Um, but, I, you know, it's tough. But isn't I, there a I part of you, though, that's also kind of being conserved? Well, I guess it is fourth down, but there's also a part of you that uh, the game's not completely over here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like they still have to make plays and things like that. It's not like it's not like they the Packers kicked a field goal, and if you don't get this, game's over. You know what I'm saying? Even though yeah. watching it, you felt like that. Um, I don't well, know. Man, I like the I like the way the overtime rule is set up, though, man. It like I just I don't like the one just whoever gets the ball first, you kick a field goal. Whoever scores first wins. Like I'd rather I agree both teams having a chance. It just it's it's be, it's be, it's not perfect, but it's better. No, it's better. Like three uh, quarterback sneaks there for Dak. Like the, yeah. the Cowboys, like that's who you are. You're aggressive. You go for it. You, you you feel like you're going to score. You know every time. I I like all that stuff. 
Um, whereas Green Bay has adjusted a little bit, like the fourth and five, two straight fourth and fives to begin the game. I was surprised they kicked a field goal that second time, but they punted. Like they've been doing that a little bit more uh, the last couple of weeks, like realizing, well, we're not really don't have a lot of firepower. So let's kind of try to be a bit of a defensive team. And their defense hasn't really held their end of the bargain as the year went on. It was real odd because it wasn't like both of these teams are like decent defenses. And CeeDee Lamb had a good game and put up a lot of numbers. But I also thought Jerry Alexander played really well. And, you know, you didn't see much of Trayvon Diggs, right? Um, every, every time the Cowboys smoked, it was smoking Darnell Savage in coverage. Like in the second half, it's almost like the Cowboys had figured out Darnell Savage is the guy they can kind of go after. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I just, I've seen too much of this Green Bay team. This is a bad loss for the Cowboys, not just because yep. of how it happened. It's because of who they were playing. And that makes me rethink, well, you beat the Bears and the Lions recently. It just makes me rethink everything. It's a reminder that we don't know anything. But I'm really interested to see how they rebound in Minnesota next week because – Minnesota team's going to be flying in high after their overtime win over the Bills today. You got to find someone who can shut down, well, slow down Justin Jefferson. But it ain't that. It's the run. That's that ain't good. I don't know. It's kind of all laid yeah. out. The game was obvious. You watch it. You know, like here's all the things that happened. A lot of them sucked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the headline. I think for me, like it really was just like, you know, like like you said, KT, the run defense was, I think, the bigger takeaway for the big picture uh, of things. Um, you know, we talked about this in our midday or midweek pod, like no matter what Green Bay looked like, I like, you know, it, it was it was obvious that this is Aaron Rodgers and, and you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. But for me, coming out of this game, the big takeaway still is the run defense. And I think you have to get that fixed, not because of what even what Dalvin Cook or Saquon Barkley are going to do for you, but what, what it means for January. And everything is geared towards January, like John said throughout the season, like winning the division doesn't matter. Um, none of this stuff matters. It's what you do in January. And and you got to play run defense in January. Uh, I got to run, guys. I'll just say uh, they need to go get Odell Beckham. Um, and uh, I think that, that will help with some things. I mean, obviously yeah. he needs to be healthy, but – uh, that that was one takeaway from the game. As much as people don't might not want to hear that right now, but um, they need it's. If there were other receivers and other players out there of note that could help them, I would be saying their names too. I just I still feel this team's probably a player away from making that uh, an impactful player away from making that deep run that they haven't. But uh, before I go, KT, just look at how well they they just taken care of this stadium that you own here. Just what yeah. a beauty, man! <laughs> I just love. I mean, seriously, it's cold here. I wouldn't want to live here, but this, I mean. This is unlike awesome. any other uh, any other place, man. It is, it is, it is such a cool experience, such a cool environment, man. If you they didn't never honor Brett Favre at the halftime show this time, did they? They didn't. They did not. Not to my knowledge. I was I was getting chocolate chip cookies. So I, yeah, they, I can almost guarantee you they didn't this time. Last week they did a thing where everyone get uh, donates a donates a dollar to him. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> exactly. What are we doing? Well, we're we're getting ready for the Vikings now, John. So hey, be safe flying home, okay. and we'll uh, talk to you uh, later in the week. Uh, there goes Father right, John Mashota live from Lambeau Field. Uh, so again, I gave you our closing thoughts. Here we are, six and three. On the road again to Minnesota. We'll be back later in the week here on About Them Cowboys for Saad Yusuf, 
Also, make sure you're checking out side stuff on the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars are pretty exciting this year. For our producer, Kent Garrison and Kent's cat. What's your cat's name, Kent? Shout out to Goose. <laughs> that's a that's a very that's a confusing confusing uh, dynamic. That there. is cat's name I got is a cat Goose. Named Goose. <laughs> um, Top Gun reference, of course. A movie reference from Kent. Uh, the Mad About Movies podcast as well, if you'd like. I'm Kevin KT Turner. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I told everyone too. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll be back later in the week. He's the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. Oh, there it is. Cowboys lose 31-28 in overtime. We'll be back later in the week on About Them Cowboys. Bye. I'm sorry. Bye.